Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Montana, welcome in. Nuana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. You can find amazing winter savings right now at Northwest Motorsport. Just visit nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com to check out the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and off-road capable SUVs. Time to get to in the show today. Appreciate you being here. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Uh, it's been awesome being sort of back in the saddle. Uh, the The way that sports and covering sports dictates the rhythm of your life is awesome. Um, it gives you sort of a, a blueprint to navigate your, your days and your weeks and your months. And uh, it's always a renewal because you always get a new season. And uh, even though 
Uh, it's been a hectic last month or so on the road, a ton, and I haven't done my laundry forever. Uh, it's been, it was a great football season. Felt a great amount of gratitude coming back from the FCS Championship and just talking to so many of you that listen to the show and engage in what we do, uh, both here at ESPN Radio as well as Skyline Sports. But also feel really renewed today because we were just going through all the stuff, cutting a bunch of new promos and getting a bunch of new segments all lined out, hitting up a whole bunch of new interview subjects. And so we're ready to to turn the page on football, although we will be continuing to talk football all the time, particularly when it comes to recruiting, as well as the NFL, the NFL playoffs on the horizon here uh, this upcoming weekend, the beginning of the NFL playoffs. So we'll always have football talk on here, but it feels good to sort of be beginning to focus on uh, some different sports. So we'll get things kicked off today with a little abbreviated version of the Montana Basketball Hour. Just going to do about 30 minutes of hoops off the top here. Appreciate the advocates for being a part of the Montana Basketball Hour as well as the Montana Football Hour here in 2022. And uh, we're going to talk all things rivalry game basketball. Sort of weird because of the cancellation of the women's game between Montana and Montana State and the national championship football game that MSU played in and the rescheduling of the men's game and the fact that so many people from around the state were traveling back to Montana. I feel like it was sort of weird. It was almost overshadowed and and not nearly as much hype as you'd normally have. Uh, that said, though, Montana State had a huge rivalry win in that game. So we'll hear from MSU head coach Danny Sprinkle here in about 15 minutes. Also going to get some thoughts from Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN, as well as a writer at Skyline Sports. He was there in Bozeman. He was uh, covering it for us. Uh, for both ESPN and Skyline, so appreciate him being there. We also have our first Treasure State Stars for the year 2022. Do that about 445. And then we're also going to have our main man, Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, swing by to talk about a variety of things, including what sort of branding and uh, marketing impacts can a run to the national championship have for a university like MSU just experienced. Also, Apple, trying to throw their name into the uh, – acquisition rights for broadcasting, specifically when it comes to Major League Baseball, what impact could that have on the future of the way that we view live sports? And then we're also talking a little bit about the Olympics because we're just a couple weeks away uh, from the Olympics getting kicked off. And then we'll also talk a little bit more about the NFL, my biggest disappointments and biggest surprises here of 2022. We'll dive into it now, though. Montana basketball, of course, if you want to watch or listen to the show, somewhere besides the traditional radio and or television. You can always stream the show, and you can always stream ESPN Radio, period, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, by going to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Also, you can uh, watch us on YouTube each and every weekday here from 4 to 6 p.m. So uh, awesome job by Tommy and Andrew and the guys in the back getting the YouTube channel up and rolling, and I appreciate all of you that tune in that way here to Nuanas now. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, let it rip. Give me a call or shoot us a text, 406-888-1029-888-1029. All guests will join us here at the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And uh, you want to be involved in the in the show, uh, how much did the hype or lack thereof impact the rivalry basketball game? What do you think of MSU going all the way to the national championship in football? Who are your biggest NFL surprises and disappointments any and everything you want to be involved in text us and uh, andrew can forward those right along to me and you can be a part of the conversation the montana basketball hour this season will be presented in part by the advocates you don't deserve to be in an accident but you do deserve an advocate call the advocates today at 
640-4444, or you can visit online at MontanaAdvocates.com. You deserve an advocate. Andrew Houghton was at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse for uh, the single rivalry game. Usually it's a doubleheader, at least it has been the last handful of years, but the women's game postponed. Uh, initially reported that it was called off, but the Big Sky changed its rule. So now there's rescheduling available, and the women's games that were missed have been rescheduled. So we'll get to that in just a little while. But, so this is a single game on Sunday, but I thought it was an interesting dynamic because usually it's just so much blowout coverage for these rivalry games. And I also, I almost sometimes think that the the intensity and the over-the-top nature, the paramount judgment that stems from um, the rivalry game and, and just how there's this, this utmost importance put on it, it's awesome. It's part of what makes covering sports in Montana great. And I'm not trying to demean the ferocity of the passion for Montana and Montana State fans, but I do think that if it is one of, if not the primary factors in the hiring and firing of coaches and, uh, you know, Basically, Rob Ash is the quintessential example. I'm not trying to say that Rob Ash was not let go justifiably at Montana State because you could definitely see the closer you got to the, the program, the more that they were regressing and the more the complacency was creeping in. But still, he did win 70 games as the head coach at Montana State football, and he won three Big Sky titles, went to the playoffs four times. But he was infamously 2-7 and seven against the Grizzlies, and his last loss to the Grizz ended up being his last game as a head coach, and he has not gotten a job since then since he was dismissed following the 2015 season. Uh, but we've also just talked about this on a variety of different levels. And uh, I think it's interesting that just how much of a paramount importance is sometimes put on this in the conversation day to day, week to week, and uh, year round within this rivalry in all sports, but particularly football, men's and women's basketball. That said, not only was this game overshadowed by the Bobcats playing in the national championship, there also was games on Thursday for both men's squads Montana State had to go to Idaho, where they got a 92-72 to victory. Montana had to go to Eastern Washington. They had a nice victory there in Cheney as well, 92-78 over the Eagles. So, a lot of the lead-up, even the interviews we were doing, the coaches and the players were talking about the task at hand on Thursday rather than the upcoming game on Sunday. So, all of that, plus the lack of a women's game, I think it just made so that the spotlight wasn't quite as bright. So, bringing Andrew Houghton, because he was in Bozeman for the game on uh, Sunday, what, what was the turnout like? What was the atmosphere like? What was the brick like? And did you feel like there was less hype than usual around this rivalry game? Yeah, Coulter, I agree with you a lot. I didn't, uh, Last time I was at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse was for one of these rivalry game doubleheaders, you know, three, four years ago, the last time I was in Missoula. I remember the hype around that and the, the atmosphere, and especially, I tell you what, man, it was it was really weird after this game having myself and three other people in the press conference. Right, I know. I was listening to the press conference sound, and... It was like you, the guy from the Missoulian, and one Chronicle guy. That was it. Right, exactly. And and, and Parker, Usually there's like 15 or 20 to put that in perspective. Right, and I remember last time, I mean, it was we were talking to Trisha Binford. I, I couldn't get a question in edgewise. This was four years ago or whatever after that game. This time I could, I could do whatever I wanted. But I tell you what, <laughs> right. Coulter, on the court, the intensity was still there. I mean, this sure. was a really, a really physical game. And I think the, the crowd was into it, and not, not a huge crowd, but the crowd was getting really into it. Letting the refs have it, letting the Grizz have it, of course. And the the product on the court didn't suffer for it at all. I thought it was a really intense game. Well, I was able to watch most of this game, even though I was sort, of, sort of held up. And uh, I watched it with a, a bunch of Bobcat people, which was, was fun. Um, but 
the most striking part of this game to me is that there's been a variety of different uh, dynamics to Montana State men's basketball uh, over the last 10 or 12 years. And MSU has been dominated by Montana in this rivalry uh, almost unequivocally. I remember my senior year of college back in 2009 when the Cats came to Missoula. That was back when the conference tournament, the first only six teams would make it, and there was first-round sites that then went to whoever the top seed was. They would then host the semifinals and the finals. And I remember Montana was uh, in the midst of a, a, a down year before sort of really taking off for the first time under Wayne Tinkle. But that that year, a MSU team led by Bobby Howard and uh, Will Bynum, a, a good MSU squad coached by Brad Hughes, a Missoula native, uh, comes into Dahlberg Arena and beats Montana. And uh, at that exact moment, it's crazy to say, because Wayne Tingle went on to become, I, th- I believe, the only head coach at Montana to ever lead his team to the NCAA tournament three out of four years. And that happened almost right after that. But at that moment... Tinks had been the head coach at Montana for a couple years, and he was certainly feeling the heat. I don't want to say he was fully on the hot seat, but there was a lot of disappointment considering that Montana had won an NCAA tournament game just a few years before under Larry Kristoviak. And then when Tinks took over, uh, he couldn't really find his footing early on, and that, that loss to the Bobcats was sort of the cap of that disappointment. Well, then, as we know, uh, a great resurgence and Montana then was so good for the next several years behind the likes of some of the best players, not only in school history, but in Big Sky Conference history, guys like Will Cherry and Kareem Jamar and uh, Anthony Johnson. And, of course, they went to the NCAA tournament three times in four years. And the Grizz have been in the NCAA tournament, uh, count them up, I guess, five times in the last 10 years, where Montana State, they're now working on a 25-plus-year streak of not being in the NCAA tournament. And then when Travis DeCure took over at Montana, the whole thing shifted in terms of the rivalry, and Montana State... Um, was not not in the mix, really, to even get a win in this rivalry. Coach DeCure's only loss in his eight seasons at the helm before Sunday came when Tyler Hall went absolutely nuts back in February 2017 and scored 37 points to lead MSU past um, UM. But other than that, the Grizz have dominated it. And there's been multiple iterations of MSU. The Brian Fish teams, they love to get up and down. They played a, a, a wide-open style where they shot the three as prevalently as anybody, not only in the conference but the country. They scored uh, at, as, at as high a clip as anybody in the country. Tyler Hall, Harold Frey, those guys were two of the best-scoring guards in college basketball, and it didn't result in any team success. Montana State was just basically stuck in fifth or sixth place, even when they had guys like Hall and like Kildren Blevins that are both playing in the NBA now. Uh, crazy to think that that team had no real contention to even get over the top or or compete for Big Sky titles. And all that's to say, though, the identity at Montana has been so defined, and it was so accentuated when Montana would play Montana State in hoops. It always came down to physicality and toughness. Travis DeCure's team were always more physical and tougher than Montana State. And, Andrew, you mentioned it. That was, to me, the most striking part is this is the first time I, I, I can remember the Bobcats going blow for blow with the Grizz in that element of the game since I was in college. Again, the one loss was behind this virtuoso performance by Tyler Hall, but otherwise it's almost always a slugfest that the Grizz were able to just uh, be the the tougher team. And in this contest, it looked like the opposite. Montana State was sort of the more physical and tougher team. And I think that that's a direct 
reflection and imprint of what Danny Springer wants his program to be about. But, but did you see that? Did you see the Bobcats sort of had the upper hand um, just, just when it comes to all the dirty work? Yeah, Coulter, you're right. It was a little bit shocking. I didn't get there until there was about five minutes left in the first half, and I was I was trying to find my seat and everything. So I, I really started watching really closely from the start of the second half there. There was a stretch in the first, you know, three and a half, four minutes of the second half. Montana tried to feed the ball inside to Mac Anderson and, and Josh Bannon. Sure. Jabril Bello just first stood Mac Anderson up, forced him into a, a fadeaway hook shot, air ball, I think. Next one just forced, chested up, pushed him backwards, got a travel. Bannon tries the up and under reverse. Jabril Bello there, blocks it, man. Montana didn't try to get, get the ball in the post the rest of the game. And they, you know... Montana was still up for the physicality of it because Cam Parker and, and Robbie Beasley sort of took over with the with the dribble drive game. But Montana State had a response for everything on that. And, you know, and, and it's not even – Bello, I mean, you look at him. For you, sure. You're not surprised he's got the physicality going. But I thought – That's the biggest – that's what is the key for Montana State, though, because sometimes you watch him and you're like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Right. You're 6'9", 250. Why, why aren't you just bullying people when he – it seems to me he's like – He's the most the, the biggest litmus test of a player in the league because when he plays like a beast, sure. The, I mean, they almost won the league tournament last year because he played with his hair on fire. When he doesn't, though, he's a liability because he's such a feast or famine player. So I, I, I understand why sometimes Danny Sprinkle gets frustrated with him because he should, just based on what he looks like, he should just dominate at such an extreme level. I mean, I thought that was pretty close to his peak on Sunday. I mean, sure. he goes for for ten points and ten rebounds. Four blocks. I mean, I think eight out of his ten points were just on 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 dunks, man. I mean, there. Was I mean, one, all the pictures we have, yeah, uh, from Skyliner, are just him two hand dunking like on Josh Bannon and on Mac Anderson. I mean, one time he just planted Josh Bannon under the basket, turned, dunked it. I mean, I I said it looked like Shaq in my in my game story. It was it was right. pretty incredible. But yeah, I mean, but not even guys like that. A guy like you know Kellen Tynes coming off the bench who didn't play a lot. Had had some great defense on Cam Parker in the last couple minutes. There came up with a yeah. couple big steals, but just chesting up and you know playing playing chest to chest with them and getting a stop. I thought it was very interesting what Danny Sprinkle said on this show last week. He said he thought Kellen Tynes was one of the most naturally talented and uh, most instinctual on ball defenders he's ever seen in his time in college basketball. And between his time as a player and a coach, even though Sprinks isn't that old, he's been around the game for 25 straight years and been around some really good defensive guys, both at MSU, but also during his time at Northridge and Fullerton. And so I thought that was pretty striking for him to say that about a guy who was, you know, only a season and a half into his college career. But uh, Tynes is a fun player. I think he has a lot of potential. No doubt. I thought those were some of the biggest plays of the game because we're talking about the physicality. I mean, after my, after Bello came up with those big plays early in the first half, it really was all Cam Parker for the Grizz. And he's not a guy who's going to to blow by you and, and finish with no contact at the rim. He's crafty. He's getting into the lane. He's spinning India. He's spinning off you, getting into your body and going up and making the layup, getting a little bit of the physicality back into it for the Grizz. And times, man, in those last couple minutes, and he only played eight minutes, and that's another big thing, to be able to come off the bench when you haven't right. even played you know, a full quarter of the game and make those plays down the stretch. I thought he was really good and sort of an unsung hero you know, for Montana State. Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you certainly deserve an advocate. You can call the Advocates today, 406-640-4444. Any sort of inquiry or consultation doesn't cost you a dime. You can also visit online, montanaadvocates.com. You deserve an advocate.
Nuwana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Montana State, a 66-59 victory over Montana in men's hoops on Sunday. The other thing about this, the, the hype or lack thereof, is that if there, we hadn't been talking so prevalently about football, there would be a lot more um, discussion and also a lot more uh, celebration on the Montana State side and a lot more uh, belly aching and, and scrutiny on the Montana side. But but there's not nearly the meltdown amongst the fan base at, at Montana going on because I think that so many Montana fans are, are sort of uh, wallowing in the glory of Montana State getting their butts whipped in the football championship. And on the Montana State side, I think that people thought, well, you know, at least they made us feel better on Sunday night, but Montana State people are kind of still licking their wounds after Saturday's beatdown by NDSU. So I thought that element was interesting, too. I always talk about the 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 prominence of this game being a little bit overblown and how hard it is for coaches to both get their guys ready for it and then also respond after it because one of the two teams is going to lose. That's how sports work. And in the big sky and hoops, you're going to have a game four days later. So you can't just let it linger. you got to get back on the horse. Like Southern Utah is coming to town for Montana. they got to get back on the horse. But I think they're not necessarily under the scrutiny maybe they would have been if this was just sort of the the standalone showcase event of the weekend or, or of the new year. No doubt, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on on sort of the rematch when we get Montana and Montana State again. But uh, you're right, and I mean, I think that Montana especially has got to be breathing sort of a sigh of relief about that because totally there's a lot of there's a lot to what Travis DeCure said in the post game press conference. You know, Montana State shot six of twelve from the three. Montana didn't shoot well from three at all. That's just the difference sometimes, and they were in it down the stretch. And he changed up the rotations in the second half, got them back in with. There's a lot of good to take out from that game for Montana. But I thought there were a lot of question marks, too. I mean, that it just it always, it looked more difficult for them every step of the way on offense. And that probably contributed to those shooting numbers. About 20 minutes from now, we got some delicious sandwiches for you. We got Tagliari Deli coming at you. It is a Tagliari Tuesday. So stay tuned for that if you want to win Tag. You're going to have to remember this number, 406-888-1029, and give us a call when prompted. I'll let you know about 20, 25 minutes away from that giveaway. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually get into the head coach of the losing side of the Bobcat Grizz game because Travis DeCure does address a couple of the dynamics that I'm specifically talking about, particularly how Montana State won the battle uh, of physicality as well as uh, won the battle uh, of d- defense. I mean, Montana State out-defended Montana. Montana gave up 50% shooting, and uh, MSU hit more threes. They shot the ball better. And uh, you can just hear, pretty cut and dry, the reason that Montana lost this basketball game, 66-59. Here's Travis DeKeer following just his second loss to the Bobcats in his eight years at the helm for his alma mater. Uh, tough game like we expected. You know, I think they did a better job defensively than we did tonight. Um, you know, going into any game, if you give up over 50% from the floor, 50 from three, and you shoot below 40, it's going to be a tough one to win. Um, I, I think that we did a good job fighting back, getting ourselves back into the game. Um, our defense got us back into the game, and, and I think we had a little more scrap in the second half than we did the first. Uh, and so if we said, do a better job setting the tone in the first part of the game, defensively, I think it's a different outcome. But, uh, Kudos to the cast. They showed up very well. We were struggling offensively in general. We just didn't really have very good flow. Yeah. And uh, he, he got it going off the ball screen, getting to the rim. And when 
guys get something going, we typically stick with it until someone stops it. Um, and, and, you know, I think the defense was huge, too, because we, we got into transition. We got them opened up a little more, uh, which presented some more issues for them on the defense end because they weren't necessarily set. But he did a phenomenal job of being ready to go. Come uh, stretch and, and comes back in the game. Losses are lost. I, I take them all the same. I, you know, for me, it's watch the film, find some areas of adjustment, make some things, uh, you know, take some notes and, and, and be prepared for the next time around. Um, find some areas for us to improve upon between now and Thursday. Uh, same thing I would have done if we won. So, uh, no game is any different in terms of whether you win or loss. Obviously, it's a rivalry game, but every game we play is a rival. You know, I you know, they, they had a conversation there's four or five teams in this conference that think we're their rivals. So for us, we've, we've got to be up for every single game. We can't treat any of them any differently. How much did Bellow influence the game on defense, too? I mean, it looked like even when you got the ball inside, uh, tough to go against him. He blocked a lot of shots. Just a couple blocks. I, I thought we did a good job of moving him around and getting him out of the paint. We got in there quite a few times with him not there. I just don't know that we did a good job of making the right decision when we had those advantages. So there you go, Travis DeCure following his team's 66-59 loss to Montana State. That is the University of Montana head men's basketball coach. Let's dive down to our Montana State Minute. We do this a couple times a week, including being joined once a week by head coach for Montana State, Danny Sprinkle. The Montana State Minute is presented in part by J&V Restaurant Supply. Whether you're an Eagle or a Scotty, you can score big with J&V. Everything you need for your next tailgate or for that big family party can be found in one of J&V's three locations. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. But maybe you're listening in from somewhere else around the great state of Montana. They also have a pretty great website, jvrestaurant.com. J&V has been proud to sponsor athletics across the state of Montana for more than 45 years. J&V, your restaurant specialist and proud presenter of the Montana State Minute. Happy now. To reinstitute one of our weekly segments, a couple weeks in a row now here, now that we're into the flow of basketball season. I know it's been so much football, so much basketball, so many things to follow, which has been awesome when it comes to athletics in the state of Montana. But now we're diving all the way in because it's the throes of Big Sky Conference basketball season and Montana State. But look now, but they're on a three-game winning streak, including a huge 66-59 victory over the University of Montana in Bozeman on Sunday evening. And I got caught up a little bit. And so I was not able to be in Montana to watch this thing, but I did watch this thing from Texas with a bunch of very proud Bobcat fans. So, Coach, before we get into uh, the winning streak that you guys are on, Danny Sprinkle, by the way, Montana State head men's basketball coach joining us. Before we get into this little spurt you guys have been able to build, let's just talk about Sunday because uh, it's been a little while since Montana State beat Montana and your first win as a head coach over the rival. So uh, what were some of the, the feelings and emotions coming out of the big win from Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great win. You know, I mean, obviously everybody in the state knows how big the game is. And, uh, I mean, it was, I was just proud of the way the way our guys fought. You know, I mean, it was it was a very, very physical game, you know, which it always is with Montana. You know, that's how they play, and that's that's why they're always good. And uh, and our guys, you know, matched their physicality. And, and, and we made, you know, just a couple more plays than they did, and that's what it came down to in the end. You know, we did a really good job, I thought, defensively. Um, you know, they shot 39% for the game and only made four threes, you know, where, you know, we, we shot, you know, almost 50%. We didn't get as many shot attempts because they, they, they kicked our butts on the offensive glass. You know, they got 10 offensive rebounds for 14 points, but, you know, we, we shot the ball well. And I think that was kind of the difference in the game. We made six threes and they made four. 
Three-pointers are such a huge difference this day and age in basketball, and I know that that's one thing that every coach is trying to find the sweet spot on, right? How many threes do you want to shoot? What's the three-point differential? What's the goal for how many threes you want to hold teams to? I know that there's some programs in the Big Sky that have defined goals, and other programs, you know, it's just, hey, let's chase them off the three-point line whenever we can. Where do you guys fit into that? Do you guys have goal numbers in terms of of threes made and and, and, uh, three-pointers allowed? We don't. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot more from the, a defensive standpoint of trying to limit threes and, you know, but I mean, there's some teams that are just you know, like Northern Colorado where that, you know, that's their, that's their style. You know, I think us and Montana are more, we're more similar, um, you know, and a lot of it is, you know, you know, we try to get the ball into the paint just like Montana does. And, uh, you know, I, there's a bunch of different ways to win basketball games, but, you know, when when you are playing those teams that can really shoot the three, you know, it's it's hard to match up with those teams when you're only making twos. Um, so you got to really pound them in the paint. You got to make sure you're scoring against those type of teams, you know, so you can get back and get your uh, your defense locked in. Montana State Minute presented in part by J and V Restaurant Supply. Dave Sprinkle joining us, Montana State head men's basketball coach here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Hey, coach, I know that uh, you've been harping the last couple times we've talked about increased physicality from your team and uh, just our guy Andrew Houghton from Skyline Sports he was talking to Jabril Bello after the game and, and Bello said hey you know this felt kind of like a tournament game we, we felt like kind of like we did back in March we made a good run and this is sort of the level we need to expect to get to so how do you enforce that in the mentality of your team how do you get that that physical play and getting your guys to play sort of with a, a conference tournament mentality every night out uh, you know, I mean, it starts every day in practice. I mean, it starts in June, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I, I, I push these guys. Our staff pushes these guys. Um, you know, we're not easy on them. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, we, we try to get physical in practice. because You can't just show up to a game like you're going to play, you know, Weber, Montana, or, you know, even Idaho State's physical. Like, you can't just show up and prepare two days and then all of a sudden play physical. You know, like it's got to be, it's got to be kind of who your identity is and what you practice every day and what you talk about every day and what you believe in. And, uh, you know, it's something that when I got the job, you know, that's something I knew we had to do. You know, like this program had to get a lot tougher and a lot more physical. I knew that everybody knew that. And, you know, we're still a work in progress, but we are, you know, we're improving in that aspect. Um, the good thing is we still got, you know, two more months left to improve. And I, re- I really think this team, you know, isn't even near, you know, its ceiling. One thing that's always so interesting in these rivalry games and just when you get into league play in general is just the, the back and forth between the coaches, the chess match in terms of adjustments and lineup changes and all that. And I know Travis Secure on the other side of the sideline on Sunday, one of the best in the big sky, a guy who's won an incredible amount of games during his eight years in Montana. I know you guys uh, go back and forth, definitely a healthy rivalry, but also a good relationship too. So what's it like coaching against Coach DeCure, and, and what's that dynamic like within the scope of a game? Because he does, you know, they run a lot of stuff on offense. They have such a defined uh, identity defensively. So uh, what's sort of the back and forth like from a coaching perspective? You know, they they play like his mentality. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's a tough dude. He's going to scrap. He's going to fight. And that's, that's how his team plays. And, uh, I love coaching against him. He, he's made me a better coach. You know, even our two losses a couple of years ago, like I've watched those games plenty of times, you know, and I, I've watched a lot of their games. And, you know, I mean, he's not just a good coach in the big sky. Like he's a good coach anywhere in the country, you know. And, uh, I mean, he's what he's done there is tremendous. You know, his track record speaks for itself. Um, 
You know, so I mean, anytime you're going up against one of his teams, I mean, you're you're going to get their best, especially because it's a rivalry. But not just that; like you look at every game they play, he has his team prepared. That's why he's a great coach. Dave Springles with us here on ESPN Radio. Nuanas now. 102.9 FM, maybe you're watching in, SWX Montana Television. Appreciate everybody for tuning in here on a Tuesday. And, and Coach, the Montana win, now to the cap of a three-game winning streak. And I know about eight, nine days ago, you and I were talking coming out of the Weber State game, and I know that was one that uh, kind of got away from you down the stretch, one you were disappointed in uh, losing at home, but now wins over Idaho State, Idaho, and Montana, and uh, the Bobcats sit toward the top uh, of a Big Sky Conference that has quite a log jam up top. But what, what's been the turning point? How have you guys been able to sort of get back on track and put these three wins together here over the last week or so? You know, I, I thought, you know, bouncing back against Idaho State after the Weber State loss, because that was an emotional, tough loss. And then it was, you know, our next game was 36 hours later on New Year's Day. And, you know, our, our veteran guys really led us. And I think it's come down to that. You know, and our four veteran guys, you know, have done a really good job you know, making sure our young guys are ready to play, knowing how important every game is, um, going from Idaho State to Idaho to the Montana game. But now, you know, moving forward, you know, like I told, you know, two of our guys last night when I was talking to them, the best thing about winning is it makes the next game more important. Mm. And, you know, as as great of a win as it was against Montana because it's a rival, it's, that's just a game that makes Southern Utah a bigger game now. Okay, now we, we have to take care of Southern Utah. And I know they're going to be prepared after the tournament game against us last year, but, you know, they also have to play Montana on Thursday and then us on Saturday. And so we need to take advantage of that. But, you know, at this time of the year, you know, we have to just continue to get better. You know I mean? There were some things that we did not do good against uh, Montana uh, at all. Like I, I thought we didn't, we didn't, we didn't play great to be honest with you. You know, we, we made some threes, but other than that, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to clean up. Uh, in order to get better and to get where we want to be in two months. The dynamic now, there's all sorts of scheduling quirks in the big sky just because of a variety of reasons, but particularly now even with uh, all the other uh, exterior stuff with the pandemic and everything. But I, it's a weird deal to have a game on a Sunday, which is pretty atypical, like you guys did this last Sunday. Yeah. And then have yeah. basically the whole week off for a Saturday game. But like you mentioned, Southern Utah plays in Missoula on Thursday. So how do you navigate this week? How do you use the extra time to your advantage? And also how do you navigate just Thursday's game? Will you guys watch it? Will you encourage your players to watch it? How does that whole dynamic work? Yeah. I mean, our, our players, they watch a lot of these games and it, and it, it kind of surprised me because like, I don't tell them to, but right. I know, I mean, if you're a player and a competitor, that's just what you do, sure. you know? And, uh, you know, even our freshman, you know, great old sport, he'll, he'll call me like after one of the games and be like, coach, I just watched Eastern Washington play, Portland State or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you watch that? And he's like, yeah. You know, which which is awesome because they, they want to know who their competition is. They want to know before they play them. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been fun to see those guys. But, like, yesterday, you know, we, we gave them completely the day off. You know, we haven't had a, a full day off for quite a while, you know, where I could just tell them, get away mentally, physically, get your bodies ready. And then today, you know, we'll just do, like, a lot of skill work and shooting and conditioning today. Um, a lot of no contact, and then we'll uh, then we'll ratchet it back up tomorrow. Montana State hosts Southern Utah, a rematch of what was a classic tournament game from back in March, where the Bobcats knocked off the top seeded Thunderbirds to punch a ticket to the Big Sky Conference title game. And, and coach, does last year's uh, matchup with Southern Utah last time you played the Thunderbirds does that have any influence on the mentality of this game? Uh, 
I mean, I'm sure it will. You know, I mean, it, it'll, you know, they're, they're going to come in with some, some fire in their gut. You know, they'll, they'll, they remember that game. And, uh, you know, and we have to be mature enough to know that they're going to remember that game. And then we, we know we have to play better. You know, we have to, we have, like I said, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we've been doing recently, even though we were on a three game win streak. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we're doing that's not, you know, that win streak's going to end if we don't clean a lot of stuff up. And, uh, you know, and I think our guys are, you know, committed to, you know, shoring up some of those areas that we need improvement. A couple of best teams in the Big Sky Conference square off 4 p.m. Bozeman, Brick Breed, and Fieldhouse. You can also watch it right here, SWX Montana Television. Hey, Sprinkle joining us, Montana State head men's basketball coach. We'll get you out of here on this, coach. I mean, Southern Utah has some familiar faces. Guys that have been in the league for a long time. John Knight, the third, one of the most explosive players uh, in the league. So, what are the keys against Southern Utah on Sunday or on Saturday? Excuse me, for you guys. You know, you, you have to you have to be able to score on them so you can get back and set your defense because they're just they're explosive in transition. Uh, they can really score the basketball. They play fast. You know, you mentioned John Knight, you know, Teddy and Jones, who are, he may have been preseason player of the year. Yep. Uh, you know, so they, they, they all, Mason Fawcett, they got really good players that can score the basketball in a hurry. And they can get their shot off against anybody. So a lot of times you can play great defense and they're still going to make a tough shot. But you have to consistently make them make tough shots. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the other, the biggest key probably is you can't turn the basketball over. You know, if you turn the basketball over, they're scoring that thing within two seconds. Like that's how fast and explosive they are. And so, you know, we have to do a good job taking care of the basketball and, and just being us and being physical and, and doing the things that have, you know, helped us win the last three games. He's Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, joins us once a week here on Nuanas now as part of the Montana State Minute. Coach, appreciate the time today and best of luck against Southern Utah on Saturday. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Appreciate it. Go Cats. Montana State, they have the weekdays of this week off. They host Southern Utah 4 p.m. Brick Breed and Fieldhouse Saturday in Bozeman, Montana. They take on Southern Utah on Thursday uh, evening here in Missoula. So that'll be a good one here in Missoula as well. That's a wrap on these, this abbreviated Montana Basketball Hour, which will then take over for the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of each Monday show. Just wanted to get you all caught up on some hoops. Montana Football and Basketball Hour this month presented by the Advocates. How far away is the gap from not only everybody and Alabama and Georgia, but Georgia and, say, the Houston Texans? I used to think the notion was asinine. It's getting a lot closer. National Championship Game Reactions. Right after this, keep it right here. ESPN Radio. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. For the ninth time in the last 10 fall seasons, North Dakota State Bison are the kings of the FCS world. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Saturday, in Frisco, Texas, North Dakota State dismantled Montana State, posting a 38-10 victory over a Bobcat squad, making their first national championship game appearance in 37 years. NDSU rushed for 380 yards, and Hunter Lepke scored three first-half touchdowns to help NDSU to a 28-0 halftime lead. And by the time Montana State got on the board, the Bison already had a five-score lead. 
lead. Lepke, a junior in-state product, rushed for 84 yards to spearhead a rushing attack that averaged nearly 10 yards per carry, and Montana State could never find its footing following an injury to starting quarterback Tommy Malott. Lepke was named the outstanding player of the FCS national title game as North Dakota State moved to 9-0 in Frisco, Texas, and claimed its ninth national championship since 2011. Montana State graduates 16 seniors, including All-Americans like Troy Anderson, Lewis Kidd, and Daniel Hardy. The Bobcats finished the 2021 season with 12 victories. And finally, for the first time since 2017, Montana State defeated rival Montana on the basketball court. MSU's men's basketball team posted a 66-59 win over the Grizz in Bozeman for their first rivalry win in nine outings. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. for you. We haven't even dove into Outcast on this show since since I started calling the playlist shots. Of course we're playing Outcast right now, though. The Georgia Bulldogs are the national champions. AT Aliens, baby. Athens is a little ways away from Atlanta, but uh, Outcast certainly one of Atlanta's finest. Welcome back in. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can check out that entire inventory online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. You hungry? I'm starving. I timed up my eating poorly today. Uh, But if you are hungry or you're not, but you're going to be, I promise, soon, especially if you know about Taglieri Deli, they have the best sandwiches you're going to find anywhere in the state of Montana. So delicious, so good. Every single one I've ever tried has been just money. Just so, so, so good. They also have a great wine selection. They also have various uh, Italian goods, like market-style Italian goods, from pastas to pasta sauces, some vinegars, oils, things like that. It's an awesome place, fun spot to just swing on in. And also, if you want your sandwiches to go, they're really efficient at getting them ready to go as well. So you can order online always. As we do each Tuesday, we got free tagliere for you. So give us a call right now. Call number 3-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. We have a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen. If you don't win, go check them out anyways. Corner of Beckwith and Higgins in Missoula. Tagliari, the proud sponsor of Tagliari Tuesday. Last night, uh, a national championship game that was very tough to watch for the first three quarters, not because of the lack of scoring. I put this on Twitter, and I got sort of chastised by people saying, well, don't you enjoy defensive football? If you listen to the show or you know me, I absolutely enjoy defensive football. I love run-first styles. I love physical play. I love uh, teams that that carve their identity or arrest their identity in, in being more physical than their opponents and, and playing hard defense. And I definitely don't mind, in fact, a lot of times prefer low-scoring games. So I was not bellyaching whatsoever about the lack of points. I was bellyaching about the unbelievable prevalence of commercials. My goodness. Because it was a defensive game, that just meant that every single time that one of the two outstanding defenses between Georgia and Alabama in the FBS National Championship game, 
made a stop, then it was punt, and then five minutes of commercials, rinse and repeat over and over and over again, and uh, it was a little bit tiresome. That said, I think they ran out of commercials by the end of this, and then once the stretch run commenced, then it was a lot less breakage in the action, and the fourth quarter was just a dynamic and dynamite fourth quarter. Alabama uh, took the lead after a controversial call in which Stetson Bennett looked like he was throwing, uh, but it was called a fumble. And uh, after review, Alabama got the ball, and that helped them take their last lead. But then Georgia explodes for a couple touchdowns down the stretch, and the Bulldogs, they do it. They knock off Goliath. Georgia, a 33-18 to victory over Alabama. And uh, Alabama was an underdog in the betting line for the first time in a long time. Uh, but this Georgia team, under Kirby Smart, they've done a phenomenal job of, of – of, Catching up to, to Alabama. I mean, Alabama has had peerless talent uh, over the last 15 years since Nick, Nick Saban returned to the college ranks and took over at Alabama. And still, last night, uh, a couple of the guys playing for Alabama. I mean, my goodness. This Will Anderson kid, stats do not even come close to telling the story. He only had three solo tackles, no sacks or tackles for loss last night. But he runs as well as any player that plays like he plays that I've ever seen. Not not even recently or in uh, a minute. No, ever. The dude's six four and a half, two forty five, and he is as long and lean and athletic. And as athletic, I mean, the dude last night in the span of one quarter, I was watching this and keeping track of this. He played on the interior of the defensive line, the exterior of the defensive line, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and big nickel all in the span of one quarter. I mean, he's only a sophomore. He's going to be an NFL team's dream. I, I can, unless there's some sort of absolute breakout star at quarterback who takes college football by storm, I guess I'll just say this. I have a hard time believing that in next year's NFL draft, not the one upcoming here in a couple months, but the one in the, the spring of 2023, I have an almost impossible time believing that Will Anderson will not be the top player that's not a quarterback taken in that draft, if not absolutely the top player taken overall. He has no comp. He, he he is silly fast for how huge he is, and his numbers totally back it up. I mean, like I said, just the three solos last night, but he ends his sophomore season with just absurd stats. I mean, he had, he had more than 35 tackles for loss. He also had 101 total tackles and 17 and a half sacks. So just an unbelievable sophomore year for him. That's all to say, though, usually it's Alabama that has all the guys like that, and they still have plenty of guys like that. But now Georgia has a whole bunch of guys like that, too, and I just could not believe how impressive Georgia is, how hard they run to the ball, the speed defensively. And, uh, you know, as somebody that's that's loved talking sports, either in this role, you know, on ESPN Radio or, you know, just hanging out with your buddies or, hanging out, having water cooler conversations, whatever it might be, there's always been the, the, the cliches of sports. And some of them are, are, are true because, or so some of them have validity, I should say, because they have so much an element of truth in it. Uh, and others have been sort of uh, silly that they've lasted that long. And, the, you know, the common notion of, man, that Alabama team could just go beat, you know, the, the worst team in the NFL. That's objectively been not even close to true for so long because, you know, even if Alabama has 10, 12, 15, 20 NFL players, 
even the worst team in the NFL has 53 NFL players. <laughs> so uh, the notion that uh, any college team could ever even come within four touchdowns of an NFL team forever and ever and ever was not true. It, it, that, that was There was never that possibility. That said, I, I actually don't think that it's as far away. I still don't think that like, Georgia could not beat any team in the NFL. And, in fact, they would lose by multiple scores. But I think the gap has closed quite a bit because – these two schools last night made it very, 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 very clear that all the best players are going to Alabama and Georgia, and if they're not, they're almost all of them are playing in the SEC. I mean, both Alabama and Georgia just destroyed their opponents in the college football playoff. Alabama against Cincinnati and, and Georgia against Michigan, respectively. I mean, Michigan, you can't have a, 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 as big of a seat at the table as Michigan might have being from the Big Ten, having the money that they got, having a former NFL guys, their head coach and Jim Harbaugh, having the recruits that they got, the recruits they have the ability to get, the stadium they play in, the money, the resources, the boosters, the Nike contract, all of that. And they got destroyed by Georgia. They're not even close. They're not even in the realm of the same thing. And so it's very clear to me that Kirby Smart has modeled Georgia after Alabama and that he's bringing in as many high-caliber players and selling them on the notion of, hey, you come here, be a part of a winning program, be a part of a team, and take care of business, and you will be drafted early in the NFL draft no matter what. Even if you're the 10th best player on our team, you're still going to be a top 50 pick in the NFL. And so then that then does make it a little bit more of a valid argument because while let's say the, the Georgia Bulldogs squared off against the Houston Texans, while it's still true that it's, it's unlikely that Georgia has 53 NFL guys, not guys that are ready to go to the NFL right now. Georgia might have 53 NFL guys, including their whole roster, guys that might take several years to develop and get to the league. Actually, wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility. But the thing is that Georgia probably has 10, 12 guys they are going to get drafted in the first 50 to 75 picks of the NFL draft. Alabama has 10, 12 guys that are going to be top 40, 50 picks. And so that in itself is, is what makes this hypothetical sort of just a little bit more valid than it ever has been in the past. And, uh, you know, I I said this yesterday on the show, for all the misfortune that Montana State endured in their FCS National Championship game against North Dakota State, there's still, you erase all of that adversity, all of those challenges. Montana State still has a very hard time even being competitive in that game because of the talent gap, the discipline, the confidence, the execution, the swagger that North Dakota State possesses. It's second to none, and the gap is just so huge. Well, Georgia proved that you actually can catch Alabama, and you can close the gap. And the only underdog in this game, Stetson Bennett the fourth, the walk-on quarterback for the Bulldogs, he outduels Bryce Young, the five-star, uh, for, you know, this year's Heisman Trophy Award winner. And that was a, a cool part of this story. But the point is that Georgia did prove that you can close the gap and that you can beat Alabama. But who else can be Georgia, especially if Georgia and Alabama continue to get the caliber players that they're getting? And then all of, or not not all, but of uh, so much, so many of the other guys are going to go to either Ohio State or somewhere else in the SEC. And so then it just begs the question, what is the future of, of all of this? If you're Wisconsin with a proud history, such a huge fan base, great uh, lineage of of great players specifically uh, on the offensive line and, and at running back. But you're so far away. 
Like, Wisconsin is certainly a top 30 program in the United States, and they're so far away from being in the top 10 and close to Alabama and Georgia. If you're Iowa, same thing. Like, how are you ever going to catch a, either Alabama or Georgia? I mean, Michigan, again, Michigan, to reemphasize this point, Michigan is having a near-impossible time closing the gap. Oregon hasn't even been in the conversation in several years. Washington, they had to see the tail for a minute. Nope, nowhere close. No one in the Pac-12 is close. Now that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12, can anybody in the Big 12 be close? I don't know. I don't think so. So what does this mean? And uh, we could go on and on about this, and I actually want to maybe circle back around to this in hour number two because there are some dynamics here in terms of the reclassifications of, of what we used to know as amateur sports, but also some parallels, at least hypothetical parallels, with what uh, club teams in Europe do in soccer. Uh, because I think that teams like Georgia and Alabama are so much closer to teams like the Houston Texans than teams like Toledo and Akron and Wyoming and Boise State are to teams like Georgia and Alabama. And it's not a coincidence. The, the money is almost the same, and in a lot of cases, these college teams are generating even more revenue. So at what point do we just have to call it what it is? Or do we just let a couple teams play for national supremacy year after year after year? I don't know the solution, but maybe we'll circle back around to it tomorrow. Got to get out, though, because we have our first Treasure State Stars of 2022. So stay tuned for that. Some of the best performances individually and as teams from across the state of Montana. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Keep it right here. You're listening to Nuanas Now. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Make sure that it counts. You're now down with a discount. You're now with OPP. Yeah, you know me. You're now with OPP. Yeah, you know me. You're now with OPP. Yeah, you know me. Who's now with OPP? Every last lady. You're now with OPP. Yeah, you know me. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. When I was in Texas uh, over the weekend, Frisco is a cool setup. It's about 20 minutes from Dallas, but it's where the Dallas Cowboys practice facility is. And uh, practice facility is a very loose way of saying, like, mecca, like, shrine to the Cowboys. There's, like, an outdoor facility that people can, like, play on. And then you can go inside. There's multiple fields in there, but it's also, like, this de facto Cowboys Museum almost, and there's interactive kiosks everywhere. Anyways, that is in the center of it, of what they call then the Star District, and there's all sorts of bars and restaurants and, and places to hang out, and there's little nameplates every block you go, homages to all the Dallas Cowboys players, which is so cool itself. But on Friday night, I met up with some fellow Montanans down in the Star District, and, uh, we were hanging out this watering hole that was playing nothing but old school M- MTV jams. Anybody that used to have that MTV jams channel on your old school cable, it's probably 15 plus years ago, and they would always just play old school hip hop videos. It just got me in the mood. That's why we're listening to some Naughty by Nature today and and uh, got some more Outcast coming at you a little later on in the show. It's always fun, always fun hanging out and uh, always fun seeing different parts of the country and different parts of the world and the way that uh, people people memorialize and, and honor and, and sort of pay homage to uh, their football heroes. It's amazing the 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 hype and uh, 
the, the heroes that we make from from guys that that play sports and and, and just humans that play sports. But it is a, an interesting extension of of so many different things, which we could go on forever, but we can't because we got to dive into our first Treasure State Stars for the year of 2022. Treasure State Stars is proudly presented by Parkside Credit Union. Check out Parkside Credit Union's online financial education platform. They'll teach you how to stay safe and get smart about saving and making money. So go check out Parkside Credit Union's website today. Treasure State star number one for the year of 2022, Tennyson Hiller. She's a senior at Great Falls uh, CMR. Great Falls CMR famously went 31-0 during the uh, state volleyball season uh, back in the fall. She's a 5'9 setter who's also a senior. And she amassed 911 assists to go with 214 digs, 135 kills, and uh, she had a 584 kill percentage, a 528 hit percentage. Uh, unbelievable numbers. Um, she was named to every All-State team, every All-Conference team, and she is a three-time first-team All-State selection. She also uh, is the Great Falls Public Schools History Student of the Year, and she's volunteered locally as a youth leadership mentor and a youth volleyball coach. So, Tennyson Hiller, your Montana Gatorade Player of the Year for volleyball. Congratulations to Tennyson Hiller after leading CMR to an undefeated fall season. Uh, Treasure State star number two, it's Troy Anderson for Montana State. Uh, he did not win the Buck Buchanan Award, um, but he did win pretty much every other uh, national award including ADA Defensive Player of the Year, AFCA Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, just most recently, the Phil Steele Defensive Player of the Year. Um, So, I mean, Troy, uh, I thought it was really weird that neither Troy Anderson or Dustin O'Connell, or excuse me, Patrick O'Connell, won the um, Buck Buchanan Award. Um. And we're going to get into that maybe a little later on in the show. But Troy Anderson did clean up pretty much all the other awards. And it was a sort of a, just such a strange ending to such a decorated career. I think that's why Troy Anderson has uh, sort of the legend that he does. Not only is he just prodigiously talented, uh, an unbelievable athlete, one of the best athletes, pure athletes, gifted athletes we've ever seen in the state of Montana. But there's also so much controversy associated, associated with him, not because of his actions, um, but because of... Um, just the volatility he had to endure, none of which was self-inflicted. It was almost all because of coaching decisions and his ability and willingness to sacrifice for his team and play all sorts of different spots. So more to come on on Troy Anderson and just sort of the enigma and also shooting star that he was in the state of Montana. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Our Treasure State stars for the week are first of 2022. Treasure State star number three, Whitefish's Maggie Voison. She's an awesome skier and a friend of this show. She's endured a couple serious injuries, but now she is heading back to the Olympics. Voison placed third Sunday in the women's slope style at the U.S. Grand Prix at Mammoth Mountain Resort in California, and that clinched her spot on her third Olympic team. So very cool for Maggie Voison. Congratulations to her, and uh, we will certainly effort her either before or after uh, the Olympics because very cool to have a, a Montanan in the Winter Olympics once again. Treasure State star number four. You probably know his name best because of his accomplishments on the gridiron. He's Caden Hewitt, future Montana quarterback out of Helena High. He was the top scorer in Montana in preps hoops over the weekend. He scored 31 points in an overtime win by the Bengals over Hellgate. 
Uh, so congratulations to Caden Hewitt, the most points by a boys or girls basketball player uh, in the state of Montana. Treasure State star number five, it's Lance McCutcheon. He broke Joe Bignell's 37-year-old record for single-season receiving yards in a single campaign at Montana State. Bignell's record stems from the 1984 National Championship season. And McCutcheon, he went over 100 yards in North Dakota, in that loss to North Dakota State, rather. And uh, that was one of the bright spots for MSU, but that also put him close to 1,200 yards receiving this year to break Joe Bignell's single-season record. So a great way to go out on top for the Bozeman native, even if uh, a lot to be desired in Montana State's 38-10 to loss otherwise. And Trader State star number five, we're going to give it to the Big Sky Conference for allowing the rescheduling of postponed games that stem from COVID. Montana State's women's basketball team had their games against Idaho and Montana called off last week. The Big Sky has allowed them to reschedule, and now Montana State will face uh, Idaho on Monday, January 17th. So that's this upcoming Monday, Martin Luther King Day. And then uh, Montana and the Lady Grizz, excuse me, the Lady Grizz of Montana and Montana State will play Monday, January 24th at Worthington Arena. Both games scheduled tentatively for 7 p.m. So uh, cool that the, the rivalry game between the Bobcats and the Lady Grizz will take place after all this year. Treasure Day Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union has so many perks, and they're also the best place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Our guy Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor in the house, just walked in. The business angle, an overlay between business and sports. What is Apple trying to acquire Major League Baseball mean for live broadcasting rights? What sort of impact can a run to the national championship have on the branding of your university? And uh, we're finally made it to the Olympics. Nobody boycotted. Are we surprised? Keep it right here. A business angle next. It's ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 